Welcome to I Feel Snitty, episode 141, entitled Take a Look, It's in My Book. It's a reading promo, part 11. I'm your host, Craig Rasnicki. Like I did with the first volume of The Kind-Hearted Smartass, I created a less vulgar, less offensive rendition to the second installment of the series. It was the last time I did this because, in all honesty, who gives a bleep? So here it is, five excerpts from my third book of 2014, The Kind-Hearted Smart Alec, Volume 2, The Wisecracks Continue. The first piece I'll be sharing with you today can be found on pages 17 through 19, and is titled, Germophobic Nymphomaniacs. Germophobic Nymphomaniacs. I find it so odd that alleged germaphobes can also be nymphomaniacs, male or female, even though I know the term is technically used for females. I know some people who won't drink out of the same glass as another, will wash their hands more than the other words throughout the course of a day, get freaked out about food and silverware at restaurants, yet when it comes to sex, they sleep around more than Gene Simmons of Kiss did during the prime of his career. Hand-holding? Gross. Penal vaginal penetration? Yes, please. When thinking about such individuals, I picture the following dialogue occurring between them and another at some point in time. Setting two friends having dinner at Hooters. Jeremy Nympho's friend takes a fry off her plate. Jeremy Nympho. Ooh, that's gross. Did you wash your hands? Friend. Before I came here, yes. Oh my god, that's so sick. I can't eat any of these now. Here, let me give you all the fries. Wow, seriously? For real? Okay, well, thanks, I guess. You know how big of a germaphobe I am? Ugh, I've got the chills now. That grosses me out so much. You need to chill. I wash my hands fairly regularly. Don't worry, I'm not going to get you sick or anything, alright? Anyway, let's talk about something else. Are you seeing anyone? That's funny. Why is that funny? Well, let's see here. There was Todd on Monday, Mike on Tuesday, Jeff on Wednesday, and Tim, Bob, and Horatio yesterday. Holy cow. So, what? You're dating a few guys and just trying to find the right one? Not exactly. So, wait. What? I'm confused. What can I say? I love sex. I slept with all those guys. I have an orgy to go to later tonight. Oh my gosh. You use protection, right? No. Who does that? Uh, aren't you afraid of getting pregnant or knowing you, STDs? Nah, you only live once, right? I suppose. Hey, are you done with your water? Mind if I have a sip? Touches Jeremy Nympho's glass. Hands off my glass, okay? I just can't go anywhere with you, can I? That's disgusting. You know what? I think I'm gonna go. I'll pay my half of the bill and then head to that orgy. That way, you won't be able to touch any more of my things. This next writing is called The Top 10 Groupie Disqualifiers. It can be found on pages 33 and 34. The Top 10 Groupie Disqualifiers. A couple summers ago, I went to an 80s theme party dressed up as an 80s rock star. On the front of my 80s rocker costume, I simply call it Craig on a Saturday night, because let's be honest, that's how I always dress on Saturdays. It was a sign I created which said, Hey baby, wanna be my groupie? And on the back, I concocted a top 10 list of groupie disqualifiers. Here they are. My top 10 groupie disqualifiers. Number 10. You've slept with one of the following people. Gene Simmons, Wilt Chamberlain, Mr. Rogers, or the Pope. 
Number nine. After sleeping with you, 94% of guys immediately look at you, begin to cry, and then say, I think I might be gay. Number eight. You think Kama Sutra is a kind of punctuation used in India. Number seven. You've been cordially greeted by multiple sumo wrestlers as they feel you're one of them. Number six. Debbie Downer is forced to take Prozac before, during, and after speaking to you. Number five, you have what is known as golf enthusiast Tourette syndrome in the bedroom, as just before fornicating, you repeatedly yell out, get in the hole. Number four, just from looking at you, guys feel an itchy burning sensation in their nether region. Number three, in response to touching your legs, X gave you the nickname Porcupine. Number two. Your favorite sex toy you refer to as the destroyer. And number one, when asked about you, Charlie Sheen responds with, that chick is nuts. The next writing is entitled, I've got a beef with meatloaf. And it's on pages 47 through 49. I've got a beef with meatloaf. The past couple of times I've ventured to a bar, meatloaf's hit song, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that, has made its appearance known via a jukebox. From the first time I heard the song, 21 years ago, to my recent bar adventures, I laughed during the chorus. Why? Because it makes absolutely no sense. Granted, there are many songs with lyrics that don't make a whole lot of sense, unless a person is high on coke, drunk on Everclear, and involved in an orgy at 4 in the morning, following a concert in New York City. However, I think why I laughed so hysterically at the before-mentioned song is the fact that it's the chorus, the portion of the song that gets repeated more than I Love Jesus, by Rick Santorum at church on Sundays, that doesn't make a bit of sense. Time and time again, Meatloaf sings, I would do anything for love. I would do anything for love. I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. I don't care what this thing is that he won't do, whether it's falling asleep on the Audubon in Germany or going down at Gene Simmons, it is really of no relevance. It's still not going to make any sense. According to the dictionary, anything means... Anything, whatever, something, no matter what. If one were to look at the thesaurus, the following synonyms would be discovered. All, anything at all, and everything. When Milo says he would do anything for love, then that's it. There could be no buts. If he wanted to maintain the element of there being an exception to the rule of doing anything for love, he could have worded it as follows. I would do almost anything for love. However, I've got to be honest, I'm not going to do that. No, it may not be as catchy and it may need some condensing in order for it to work musically. However, it makes a hell of a lot more sense than the actual lyrics. The chorus is contradictory. What Meatloaf is essentially saying is, I would do anything and everything for love, but I won't do anything and everything. If Meatloaf's actual lyrics were the words from a romantic comedy satire, then it could work. Like I said, I can't help but laugh anytime I hear the chorus. I don't believe that was the artist's intention when writing this song, but that's just a hunch. It's just comical. Never will the following dialogue present itself in a romance film. Man, I just want you to know, I would do anything, and I mean anything, for you and your love. Woman, really? Do you really mean that? Anything? Absolutely anything, sweetie. I love you more than anything. Of course, I would do anything and everything for your love. That's so sweet. I love you too. 
So you even skydive without a parachute? I'd rather not, but yes, like I said, anything. You'd run around a nursing home, completely naked? You're funny, but yes, I would. Like I said, anything, sweetheart. I love you. I love you too. Marry me. But I won't do that. Yeah, after hearing these lyrics, I would do anything to send Meatloaf back to school to earn an English degree. And yes, I would do that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing anything. Now would I? This next piece is titled, Awkward Moments with Brent Musburger. It can be found on pages 75 and 76. Awkward Moments with Brent Musburger. So I just heard from an anonymous source in my mind that then 73-year-old Brent Musburger watched Alabama quarterback A.J. McCarron's girlfriend more often than he watched the national championship game last year. Kirk Herbstreit caught Musburger in La La Land on a couple of occasions, which led to these back and forths. What penetration? By the defense. Yeah, that's it. Where was I going with that? Do you see, folks? This is what happens when you get to be my age. Can we get another shot at McCarran's girlfriend again? Wow. If I ever had a wife that looked like that... Whew. Well, I won't go into details, folks. Thanks for that. There was that, and... And the ball goes deep. Very deep. Oh, so deep. It was dropped like five seconds ago. Right you are, Herbie. Right you are. What are you looking at? The woman of my dreams, A.J. McCarran's girlfriend. She's young enough to be your granddaughter, which makes you a male cougar. A.J., better watch out. I'm quite the catch. I may be 73, but I look like I'm 72 and act like I'm 15. The final excerpt I'll be showing can be found on pages 118 and 119, and it's entitled, What if other politicians sexed like Wiener? Wienergate, Anthony, has been a great deal of fun for me and most everyone else, it seems. However, for as much fun as it has been, I feel a need to spread the love around some. I will now list a number of other political figures and come up with sex messages I feel they may send at some point in their lives, if they haven't already. Michelle Bachman. God sent me to do things to you. It'll be hotter than a Minnesota winter. Sarah Palin. I bet I can see your dingling from Russia. You betcha. Jimmy Carter. Hello. You look nice. Want to go get a hot fudge Sunday sometime? Dairy Queen is great around this time of year. Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. Bites his lower lip. Dick Cheney. So I shot my friend in the face with one. How about you help me unload my other gun? Mitt Romney. There's 47% of you I don't like so much, but the rest I really like. How about we put that 53% in action at my place while covering up the rest of you? Rick Santorum. If homosexuality is wrong, I don't want to be right. Chuck, let's do this. Herman Cain. Who else wants to hop on the Cain train? It's multiple unit and not high speed. All aboard. Rick Perry. There are three things I want to do to you tonight. One, I want to take off all your clothes. Two, 
I want to grab my condom. And three, I want to... I forget what that third thing is. Oops. George W. Bush. Remember how I said I like putting food on my family? Well, I made a special dish I want to put in you. <laughs> the book can be purchased on paperback for $14 on Lulu and on Kindle for $4.99 on Amazon. If you have any questions on the book, don't hesitate to ask. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, you can check me out on Podbean, Twitter, Amazon, and Blogger. This has been I Feel Snitty with Quirrell Take care.